Welcome to The Cutting Room. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell. With me is John Nichols. Uh, John, why don't you give us some of your background here? Well, I'm an assistant editor from Toronto, recently in the biz, uh, so I just got my foot in the door, basically. Yeah, so you've come with me to New York Edit Fest, and now you're here in LA Edit Fest. I guess, what have you learned from these two Edit Fests? Well, uh, the most I've learned, actually, is how great our section of the industry really is. I mean, nobody really talks about it. It's sort of like the unspoken art, but the people you surround yourself with in this job are really just great people. That's, I think, the best thing I've learned so far. Now, uh, for those who haven't noticed, we've actually started something very different. Uh, we usually do the cutting room, but this is a little different. We're actually going to fill you in a bit about Edit Fest, which is going on right now. It's actually, what time is it now, John? It is 1 o'clock. And we just got back from Edit Fest LA the first night, so we're going to give you a little taste of what's out there tonight. Uh, John, I guess, can you tell me what your favorite part of tonight's panel was? Or I guess give us a sense of what was the panel tonight? The opening night panel for LA Edit Fest 2010 consisted of Randy Roberts, Ed Abrams, Matt Chesse, Sally Menke, and Pam Weiss. Basically discussing uh, the industry, how they got in, the various projects they've done, and their experience in the industry so far. Now, I have to say, I guess my favorite part about tonight was, yeah, that they were very very open to the situations that they'd worked in and discussing how things worked. What was your favorite part about it, John? I definitely think at some point Randy was talking to them about uh, advice to get into the industry. Ed Abrams was basically talking about getting connections, no matter how you can get connections. Uh, his whole thing was that because he went from editing to directing, uh, no matter where you are, you can always form a connection, so do your best to form connections. Pam Weiss's advice was basically, remember you can always go up and go down keep working. So if you're an editor, go back and assist if you're not editing or, you know, assist and then edit and then assist again. So um, do what you can to learn as much as you can and get the experience you can and keep working. And also she said, uh, which was I think my favorite, favorite part of the evening, get yourself a mentor. Find somebody you really enjoy, connect with them any way you can, impress them if you need to, but always get a mentor and learn from them. Learn their storytelling techniques and, you know, it'll help you in the future. Well, let's listen to some of uh, Pam Wise's uh, comments then that you just mentioned. But the other thing I wanted to say that I, I never really learned from um, an editor. I just cut sort of instinctively and from the gut. But I don't have the confidence that I would have if I had um, had a proper mentor and learned. And um, so I still will call Alan Heim and say, well, look at this scene. Um, but I think that if you have a hero, an editor who's a hero of yours, and you want to learn, stay in touch with them. Um, send them emails, meet them, and stay in touch with them if you're an assistant and want to learn from them until you can get a job with them. I just hired someone to assist me who I found who had sent me three emails, one in the last six months. And um, the assistants I've used, I've hired because they had a lot of technical expertise and they knew things I didn't know because it's very different now than it was, you know, and I need someone who can set it up so that um, he can see my desktop from his home, things like that. And I've found assistants like that, but then what, what I find is they have no interest in learning how to edit. Um, I, they can come on Saturday, they can cut the scenes, 
and then I'll cut the scene, and then I'll look at their scene and critique it if they want to learn from me, but there's been no interest in that. Um, and I think if you do want to learn from someone, um, stay in touch with them. Work with them and tell them you want to learn from them and cut scenes. That's the great thing about the nonlinear is you can just cut the scene. We don't have to make a dupe. So that's my advice. So you just heard Pam Wise's stuff. Uh, I'd have to say my favorite stuff, John, is Matt Chesse's talk about cutting the opening part of one of the 007 films, particularly a chasing on foot. So what we'll do is we'll play that and see what you think. I'm going to do this. Uh, this one's for me. The opening sequence in your Bond, first Bond film, The Foot Chase. Can you tell us about cutting that? It is the most, one of the most fantastic chases I've ever seen in my life. Because foot chases are usually the most boring thing in the world. Yeah, well, it's it, it's a it's a it's a great sequence. It's it's was pulled together from a lot of different locations and a lot of different sources. I think the tricky the tricky part was to see it coming together and find all the pieces because it was um, it was shot in about six different locations and uh, over a long period of time. So we had. Little little pieces of it. The Palio, which is where the horse race, where it begins when they come up out of the out of the aqueduct. They they had a really hard time getting into that town. It's a very small town where they where they have the Palio. So um, there was a, a lot of politics with all these families and the colors of the horses and all this pageantry. So they had to go and shoot that initially, and we had to lay out the Palio footage like it was a documentary, and then we had to recreate um, the Palio uh, with inserts at Pinewood. So we have a lot of, there's actually one shot that has all the assistants from the cutting room are sort of ta tacked in there. You can see their heads, they're all watching and reacting. We had to, there was a lot of people we couldn't use that were there because I guess um, most Italian men who go to the Palio go to the Palio with somebody that they don't want to be photographed with. And so every time we took a shot and showed it to the, the heads of the, I forget what they were called, the Castrati or something. That's not the name, but they were like sort of the Famigliali or whatever. I don't remember what they were called, but they would, they would, uh, they would all, you know, eight of them would get together in a room and look at our cut and oh no, we can't do it, we can't see that the Ouija. So we'd have to, we'd have to, we have to do. We did a lot of, we did a lot of fluffing on that. So once we got him, once we got him out of the, out of the ground and uh, into the onto the rooftops, a lot of that is a combination of uh, uh, stuff that was shot uh, in. I think in Siena, and then we also shot some tile, some tile work on the rooftops at uh, at Pinewood, and uh, it's really incredible when you when you work at Pinewood. They have what's called the Bond Stage, which is the largest shooting stage in uh, Europe or that part of the globe or something, and it keeps burning down and mysteriously, and then they rebuild it bigger and better, and then. When it's not in use, it gets burned down again, and it comes back, and it's even huge. I think Ridley Scott burned it down once, but other, other, otherwise, it's all been natural, natural accidents. And uh, and so it, we we used it uh, three times, three completely different stages. We had like a catacomb stage that was underground and had water, and we had a hotel stage. And they would go away to another part of the globe and shoot and come back, and it would be have morphed into something else. So at one point, we had the bell tower from uh, the, where the foot chase ends was up there and the art gallery where they swing on the rafters was at the other end of the stage and simultaneously the catacombs were all built. So you could kind of tour people. You could go out there at lunch and kind of walk through that, that whole foot chase broken up. And then 
as we'd get the pieces together, if there was a shot missing, I'd never worked like that before. I'm, I'm used to, you know, you get what you've got and then you make the, make the best of it and you cover things up and, and, you know, they only see what you show them. But on that movie, if you put a card in and said, I need a shot of a winch, they would go and shoot the winch for you. And they, there's an incredible response team uh, at Pinewood that sort of will get anything out of storage for you or go and find whatever you need and patch it in. So we just... We just would put a card in and say, I'd like a shot of this. And then they'd sort of grab Daniel. He was being, it's a, a day in the life of Daniel Craig is an amazing thing to witness. So you have him running. They have him running. They're like scanning him for the video game. So he's like standing in his boxer shorts and they're <laughs> scanning him for the video game back in front to make a digital Daniel Craig. And then they're throwing him into this thing and he's hanging upside down. And he's doing a perfume ad. And then he's, you know, it's just, I mean, it's just like. And so they, they, you, you would sort of order him up like, like, like a, a sandwich. You're like, I need a shot of Danny doing this. And they'd be like, get in him a golf cart and run over here and put him in these clothes. And he'd jump and then they'd shoot that and then you'd get that. So it was a real, it was a, it was a really interesting way to work. It was a real hodgepodge and it was a real, it was a real editor's uh, moment because there wasn't, everybody else was in other parts of the globe. Uh, and so we were kind of, me and my partner, Rick uh, Pearson, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're alone there kind of figuring out what we needed. And so we would just, like I said, make up these, make up these shot lists. So it was, it was, it was, it, it was a hard thing to, to picture, uh, how it would play and it would just come together in pieces. And it was, a it was, a it was an, ev- it, it evolved. It was, a, it was an, it was an evolution. Really, it really, it's, a, it's a great scene. Thank you. Okay. Um, So that was our stuff for tonight. It's late, so it's not as long as we'd usually like to do. Tomorrow we're going to have a ton of panels. We're going to record a bunch of stuff. And hopefully this week we'll do a couple more little podcasts like this. Uh, Slightly separate. What should we call these podcasts, John? Because they're not the cutting room. Edit Fest? Edit Fest is taken. (laughs) uh, (laughs) We might get sued for that one. How um... How about we leave it open to the audience? Sure. If you guys get any ideas, send some ideas to info at artoftheguillotine.com. And in the meantime, enjoy this podcast and what you've heard. And tomorrow we'll put another one up, and hopefully this week we'll put a couple more up. Right, John? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And uh, hopefully we'll hear from you. Thanks.